I'm Joan Hogan, and I'd like to welcome you to the Prairie Doc Radio Program. Rick Holm is in the studio, as you know, ready to answer your questions. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's a primary care physician with the Avira Medical Group Brookings, and he's also a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. Now you can cover a topic you'd like. What would it be, Dr. Holmes? Well, tomorrow night's show is a special from uh, the year before, this last year, I mean, uh, on uh, excessive use of opioids. Opioid is the the word for uh, the narcotic medications that we've been we've been prescribing. And over the years, I've seen the trend to move toward more and more narcotic uh, pain relief. Uh, Part of the reason was uh, t- we realized the danger of the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, the ibuprofens, the Aleves, the Advils, you know. Uh, and then, what's more, we realized the danger of Tylenol, acetaminophen. Uh, and so, um, because of that tendency to move away from the use of the over-the-counter available and uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs that we use for so many years for pain, uh, we move toward the narcotics. The co- common one is Vicodin, which is a brand name of a, a hydrocodone with acetaminophen. And it's an effective pain medicine, uh, and it, we prescribe it um, appropriately, uh, I think, but maybe too appropriately or too much. In fact, um, I think there's something like 60 Vicodin tablets prescribed per man, woman, and child per year in this state, and it's worse than others. Um, uh, it's a little overkill. Just a little bit too much. I think and so. And if you think, th- uh, you know, I, I have to say that a lot of those are uh, prescribed and then they're sold, resold. <laughs> so they have a bottle of Vicodin and then they resell it for the street price to somebody who is addicted. Now, are there people who are addicted? I've seen some of the nicest, finest, most ethical people in the world hooked on uh, narcotics. They really do get hooked, and it's uh, dangerous. Right now, I'm writing the chapter on uh, for my book on too many pills, and the chapter talks about why people, the danger of falling. Uh, that something like 300,000 people fracture a hip carries with it something like a 20 to 50% death rate depending upon age. Uh, Certainly 50% of the elderly who fracture their hips end up permanently in the nursing home. Um, And uh, there's an undue amount of suffering and pain and cost. Billions of dollars are cost to the country, you know, socially and to the individual and to the insurance industry as well by the falls that occur uh, from a variety of reasons, you know, loose rugs, uh, Parkinson's disease, um, you know, uh, just cords that are in the wrong spot, uh, dementia, but the big, the big bugaboo is too many medicines. And uh, narcotics uh, happen to be probably one of the worst culprits. But there are others that we could talk about, and I will do that after the break. Was, okay. Or did we break already? We will take a break we right break. now. If you have any questions or any comments about the overuse of drugs, why don't you give us a call at 692-1430. We'll be back right after these words. 
Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. Dr. Rick Holm is here, and we're discussing the overuse of drugs because tomorrow night on the on-call television program on South Dakota Public Television at 7 o'clock, they will have a program on pain medication, and there are two doctors, one from Rapid City, one from Sioux Falls, who joined Dr. Holm on this discussion, and it's a very important discussion. There are, well, of course, um, the singer who just died, overdose of opioid. Yeah. But yeah. Prince, Prince, couldn't think of his name. Prince, you wouldn't get think I'm getting Alzheimer's, would you? No. The words do not come anymore. You, I'm you working on You forgot the word Carnegie Hall this morning? Oh, no, oh, no, it was, yeah, it I was remember a different that. word. <laughs> but <laughs> Prince, but really, Prince. it is in the news now because... And Michael Jackson, really, it was, Mike, a, it was an overdose of a drug. So many people are overdosed but, on these narcs. It. And you said... The reason doctors kind of went to them is they saw the problems with over-the-counter meds. Do doctors almost wish they could take back that thought oh, and survive yeah. with the over-counter? Oh, and I mean, you know, what happens is, I mean, I have to say that we are, you know, a compassionate group. You know, we are here to help the patient. The patient comes in and says, oh, I really need, I really need, and I want this and I want that. And, you know, f- probably uh, f- there's a weakness in our the way we th- are, we care for our patients is we're one-on-one, eyeball-to-eyeball, and we're, we give them often, too often probably, what they want. I want an MRI. I had two people ask me for an MRI yesterday for their back. Well, it's a preoperative deal, and if you did an MRI on people in the street, it always looks awful. I mean, MRI, I mean, we just gain so much arthritis from just living in our backs that they all look terrible. Uh, I... The major reason to do surgery is loss of a nerve function and not a MRI. But people come in and they want something, and so we have a tendency to give it to them because we are compassionate and we listen hard. Uh, And when people come in and they ask for pain medicine, you know, we will commonly give it one time, maybe two times, the third time, you know, and you go, is there something wrong here? And so uh, it's a burden uh, really to be on walk-in clinic and people coming in with and they go oh the nurse will raise their eyebrow and say usual suspect wanting narcs and then you go in and you're all geared ready to say no and half the time you're able to and then half the time they're so convincing and or you know you only give them a certain amount and you promise make them a compact that you will do this or that and that you'll only go to one pharmacy and blah 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 and it's end up that same game they got it they got the drug. They got it out of you. So I, I'm, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, a terrible story. Story. People uh, become, uh, you know, I had a physician friend who, uh, who became uh, addicted to narcotics, and it destroyed. Uh, it almost destroyed his life, her life. Uh, you know, this person uh, from another uh, area uh, ended up losing his, her license and uh and and got it back and is back providing you know really loving care i mean a good good person uh but it 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 hooked them and you know i we were talking about this the other day and i said out loud it was in the presence of my wife you know um we cleaned the uh the the drugs uh door drawers um in our our um bathroom the other day and I found a prescription that Dr. Reitz had given me when I had a huge abscess 
in my, the back of my throat <laughs> that he drained with a needle. The pus came out. I mean, wow, he gave me a prescription for uh, a powerful narcotic. And then I had another one after I had eye surgery for a par powerful narcotic. I'd never used one of either of those prescriptions, or maybe one. And uh, they're two years and three years or five years old, something like that. And I said, you know, we'll just save them for a rainy day. And I went, no. No, no, no. And I've got a room. I've got a household of medical people who are the highest risk for narcotic abuse. And I just took those bottles uh, and dumped them in the coffee grounds, um, the wet, dirty old coffee grounds. They get dumped rid them of in them. the wastebasket and got, them, got rid of them. One thing I did read about when I knew you were going to talk about painkillers that really stuck in my mind, and it was properly managed, short-term medical use of opioid analgesics rarely causes addiction. Right, right, right. So properly managed. So right. if you are on an opioid right now, don't panic, because if it's properly managed and it's short-term, it really is helping with your pain. They're phenomenal pain relievers, right? Right. But it has to be properly managed. And my understanding, too, is you have to wean off of it. You can't just stop it suddenly. Right. Is right. this true? Well, you have, it, it has tachyphylaxis. you got to go higher dose, higher dose, higher dose. If uh, I'd see this when I'm caring for people who are on the end of their life, and we start cranking in the big, big guns. And I mean, I, and if you look at prescribers of narcotics in the state, I probably am on the high, high list because I'm the director of hospice and I have a bunch of hospice patients and I prescribe enough pain medicine and when they're not you know and the and the way to prescribe it in this scenario is I give them a long-acting uh, I prefer fentanyl patch because it is a uh, even Steven across the board all across the, the day kind of a coverage and then I give them a rescue that they shouldn't get take regularly they should only take it as a rescue and if I find them needing more rescued in a day, uh, more and more, then I'll um, bump the, the power of the patch. And we'll, we'll, we'll take people uh, into relief, and then they'll have to go to a higher dose, and then they'll have to go to a higher dose. When, and then they die. You know, that's the scenario that is, in my mind, correct. But, but, You're dying but peacefully. If you, if you have a patient who doesn't have a chronic, worsening, progressive, severe um, uh, life-ending pain uh, you're going to have to know that they're going to have to live with something eventually and sometimes the and most of the time the pain is going to go away so you try to get off of it so you give it in a manner that is a short-term scenario and then you get off of it you sometimes you will try other medicines that will help get off of it like gabapentin or uh, pregabalin which are neuroactive medicines they're commonly used for seizures too or, you know, you'll use the non -steroidals. you know, the Advil, the Aleves, um, uh, uh, ibuprofens, and the naproxens, those kinds of things. But uh, when you abruptly stop a narcotic, you will have withdrawal discomfort. It's not the end of the world. Um, I've seen a lot worse problems from withdrawing from the Valium-like drugs, uh, actually. I've had a man just flip right into seizures when I abruptly stopped him. I was a, an intern at the VA hospital, and he came in just, oh, just way overdosed, and we said, well, we're done with that one, you know, and he woke up, and then the next day he's seizing. <laughs> 
So it was too abrupt. We got we got to you got to taper some of those medicines. Not all of them, but many of them you have to taper off of them. Okay. Well, we are discussing overdoses and medicines and opioids. If you have any questions, give us a call. We're going to to go to a break now, and we'll be back right after these words. Welcome back. We're live. live. We're live. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. Dr. Holm has been discussing the overuse of drugs. And during the break, Bob had a comment. We'd like to hear yours, Bob. Well, I kind of hate you, but I was reading, I'm a Civil War buff, so I was reading about how back about 1865 or so, 64, they invented the syringe and the hypodermic needle. They were able to administer morphine and was a blessing for these poor soldiers that had to endure all the amputations and injuries that they'd received. But the problem that arose from that was now that when these people went home, they could walk into any pharmacy and buy any amount of morphine or opium that they wanted to and administer it to themselves. And it became an epidemic that became known as soldier's disease. And they suffered with that for probably 10 years after the Civil War yeah. was over. And then the opium dens, you know, in the in China that destroyed virtual populations of people. Uh, there's no question about it. I, one of the similar stories it brings to mind is the uh, heroin use in the Vietnam War. And apparently... 50% or 30% of the soldiers in the Vietnam War were using heroin. And they, but the interesting is, thing was, you know, how hard it is to get people to, get, to stop heroin. It's almost virtually impossible, partly because they're in this population of friends and so on and so forth, right? So when these soldiers all came home, they're no longer hanging with all those buddies and so on and so forth. Almost all of them just quit without problem. And it really does say to you how powerful the addiction can be related to the societal uh, circle that you're hanging with. It's the same story with alcoholism. People can't seem to get off of alcohol because it's such a societal norm. And that's what you've done with your friends as a social um, uh, interactive uh, thing. Uh, I talked with a guy yesterday who told me, he th thinks he might uh, be drinking too much. Uh, but he quit, and I told him, you know, go for a month and drink just Sharp's beer like my wife and I did in March. You know, we just drank Sharp's beer instead of a glass of wine. Just and I take it Sharp's is non-alcoholic? Just non-alcoholic. Okay. But, you know, if you feel like you got to have something socially because it's, you know, we're relaxing and 9 o'clock, it's time to, you know, just before we go to bed, take a glass of wine. Well, how about Sharp's beer? So we drank Sharp's beer for a month. It was amazingly just as much fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, hanging with my buddies, the only problem was the jokes got less funny, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were sober and they weren't. That was the story. That was the story that I heard yesterday from this friend. So uh, it's a societal push that, that keeps us uh, in certain things. And that's, that's it. Although it isn't the closet. It isn't this with the closet narcotic abuser. Now, I wanted to say one thing I didn't, I didn't mention earlier was that there are some people that you make a contract with whom you take, make a contract. They're, you know they're abusing. You know that they're pushing. And they're out there in society hopping between doctor and doctor and pharmacy and pharmacy. I mean, they're just, they're just jumping all over to try to get their narcotic. And you know it. You got them dead to rights. 
And they have problems. I mean, they really have a significant problem. So you say to them, I will be uh, your doctor. Uh, and I think uh, you're destroying yourself with this. And it's a variable dose. And you know, you're all over the place. And you're lying. And you're cheating. And you're breaking the law. And you're going to end up in trouble. I will give you this amount per month. No more. And certainly I will do everything I can each month that I see you to discourage your using this and to find a way to get off of it and get into a, a more functional part of society. And so then uh, you sometimes you'll capture a person for a, a couple years as you work that way. Sometimes you can't get them to get off, but at least you they're not bothering every other doctor in town. They, you've made a deal with all the other pharmacies that they're only going to go to this one pharmacy. And sometimes it'll work. You know, I've seen it work. I've, I've had it work. Uh, but it doesn't always last forever. And, uh, you know, uh, those are some, well, the, the contracts we make, the narcotic uh, prescription contracts. And that's a reasonable way to do it. And, and certainly if you, com you have compassion in your heart for everyone, including that person, that poor sucker who is stuck on a narcotic addiction, uh, you, you, you know, a child of God, got to do what you can to help them. Uh, you just don't need to cause them harm by continuing to prescribe something that could be hurtful. Now, when you say that poor child or adult who is stuck on narcotic addiction, there are cures. Don't let us all think that there's no way to get off of it. What no. do you suggest? You know, I understand the one thing that you've done that has been very humane and a great way to treat people, but even if you were treating someone like that, eventually you would want them actually be weaned off completely. Right. Are there programs out there? Maybe someone has a close family f yeah. or a good friend, and they're wondering, is there any hope? Who can I call? Where yeah. can I go? Well, Do I you mean, have suggestions for if, that? If they're entirely destructive with their activities, then absolutely have to can keep on trying. You have to understand, though, that many of these people who are addicted to narcotics or cocaine and amphetamines methamphetamine or benzodiazepines and valium and the tranquilizers and the downers or more commonly alcohol all of these people if they are um, if they continue in that destructive manner sometimes you can't there's nothing you can do it'll just kill them it just kills people but there's an interesting study and I share it before we end the hour that or the half hour that um they did this long study. It was in the Journal of the American Medical Association, and I, it's probably a 20-year-old article. But I've quoted it so many times that I, because it, it and and I've used it in my teaching when I was at Emory, and I mean it's a very uh, important article to me because they it was a big VA study, and they had people who were addicted to the uppers, the methamphetamine-like drugs. Most of these people were uh, snorting cocaine. And they had a group of people that were addicted to the downers. And these were um, Valium, uh, Ambien, uh, all of the sleeping, almost all the sleeping pills, not uh, Trazodone, but, uh, which is a totally different group of drugs, but the benzos, the sleeping pills, um, the Valium-like medications. And then they had a third group um, uh, that was addicted to uh, uh, narcotics 
They were in on methadone. They were on heroin. They were on morphine. They were on all of the, at the time, codeine was the big thing at the time. Uh, fentanyl wasn't invented yet. So they followed them for 20 years or something like that, okay? And what did they find? They found that the people that were taking the, uh, the uppers, the, the, the speed, uh, the uh, cocaine, uh, many of them flipped out, went into uh, schizophrenia, uh, were in uh, insane asylums, uh, and uh, you know, became severely paranoid, uh, and or destroyed themselves in one way or another because it's you know, the rat stays. They'll sit, all of the other drugs won't kill them, but the, the rats will push that cocaine button until they're dead. It just kills them. Worse toxicity. The second worst toxicity was the downers. The downers. The people who were taking and stuck on the benzos, which are horribly uh, addictive, uh, very hard to get people off of Ambien or... Uh, Valium or any of those downers because when you stop them you have withdrawal anxiety you know what it does is suppresses all this anxiety well all that comes back uh, when you're getting off of it so that's why you have to taper but what had happened to these people these were downer people they they were many of them had committed suicide Uh, they had chronic and severe unrelenting depression Uh, and it um, it brings people to depression it causes memory loss and it's horribly addictive. So why would I ever prescribe those drugs? I prescribe like 10 at a time max where people who are traveling to China and have to try to get some sleep and orient themselves to a sleeping thing. That's about all the time. I'll give it to them in the end of their lives sometimes. Um, but I hate to because then they'll forget. They're, you know, they're, you're wiping out their memory, but what the heck, they're dying. The third group are the narcotics. What happened to the VA uh, patients who were on narcotics? nothing 20 years later they're all on it and they're just plugging along just fine like they in in other words the ones that we've said were so bad heroin's the worst it's just the terrible worst uh was just very addictive but some people seem to have an opioid need in their brain and they just go on it and so my point is it's a bad drug it's bad and we're prescribing more and more and people are clamoring for it and so on and so forth but I see the most destructive drugs out there right now, really, are the methamphetamines and the abuse of amphetamines. There's a time for amphetamine use, I think, but only in a secluded, secure, uh, special group. Second group, the worst, is the, va- the downers and the, the valiant. And narcotics should be avoided, but they're, they're, they don't destroy personalities like the other two. The other two are really horrible on their personalities. You know, normally we take a third break, but we're not going to because there's just two minutes remaining. Again, you didn't quite answer my question, though. Mm. (laughs) I want an answer. You know, I always want you to solve, to cure. You can't quite cure, I realize. I'm not excited about special places to go because they don't seem to have full of success. The, the, The places that I have found that have been the most success is in Teen Challenge here in our community. I was going to mention that. Teen Challenge they, has they to be one of the biggest successes ever. They started about 40 years ago because they started about the time my uh, my daughter was born. That's why I remember. But, but they're only for males. They're generally younger. It's, a, it's a, like a 16-week program. But they're successful, and that's good. It's, that's, I mean, it's not 16 weeks. It's 
16 months, 13 to it's 16 more than months. Yeah. And it's uh, expensive. But it is, it's the only hope. And it really has to do with a higher power. It's, it's letting go of control and having a, a male mentor, because that's what has mis- been missing in many of these people's lives. But it's only for males, so that's the sad part. Bob, well, we're running over. We're Gosh, running quick, over Joan. time. All right, we're going to close it. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. You can always hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. That's all for this week. Thanks, Dr. Holm. Don't miss the show tomorrow night on, on narcotics. And thank you, Joan. Thank you, Bob. Stay healthy out there.